The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Are you, are you asking me if I approve? Yes. I might. Okay. Maybe. Uh, hi, folks. I'm Timothy Harvey, and... I am Jason Hunt. And this is H2O here on SciFiForMe.com. Yes. And this is our 120th episode. 120. 120 of these things. It That's mind-boggling uh, to a certain extent. <laughs> what, uh, what was the one we started... Uh, weekly. Well, when did we go to weekly? We went to weekly at episode 15. Okay, so but prior to that, only, we were bi-weekly. Only, yeah, we were every other week before that. And at episode 15, we went every every week. And I think we've missed uh, maybe four weeks out of that whole time because of holidays. Yeah, and it's usually been, been the reason is that there's something going on where one of us is out of town or... Well, you were out of town to New York and Sonia filled in. Right, yeah. Dan has filled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Parsons has done a, a, a couple of shows. Right. So, yeah, we've had fill-ins, but yeah, every week since episode 15. And now we're trying something crazy. With, that uh, crazy. with episode 120, we are not only recording the podcast version, but we're also... Recording video, which so you can you can gonna... either you can watch and listen to us, or you can just listen to us. So we do have faces for radio. Or you could turn off the sound and you could just watch us gesticulating wait, 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 wildly. Wait, wait. So you could watch the video and yep. listen to the podcast. If you Ooh. turn down the sound it's on like, the video, it's like it's like watching football and listening to the radio with the play-by-play. Only because the radio play-by-play guys are better, and the color commentators on television are the devils. Yay, sportsing! Ugh. Right. Sports ball. That was, yeah, a, sports that was ball. a sports that's ball. Right. That's a sports ball reference. We yes. we can make them because we we people come in and tell us how this works. So. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny too because whenever we talk about recaps, right? Um, one of the one of the ways that I uh, tell our recap writers the mix, the balance that I'd like mm-hmm. to have between um, plot and the show, right? And review is I'd like. 30% play-by-play and 70% color commentary. And invariably, it's like, it, it is, I'm, I'm making a sports reference. Right. That's, it's, that's a sports thing. They're up in the booth here. You got to play-by-play. Um, we, have, so, we have people on the staff who watch sports. Well, and and I have watched sports a little bit. I, lo- I love live <laughs> sports. I love going, I love going to the, the arena or the field, or the court, or whatever you know, whatever the the, the terminology is for whatever all the different sports, because right. you know they're, they're not all the same. Obviously, I love the live experience. Uh, the only game I can't really watch live is golf, because mm. golf, mm. Is, you know, my family's Scottish. We know it's boring. Um, <laughs> the, as a people, we know it's boring. Right. We invented it so that our enemies would get distracted and go do something else. And leave us That's alone. right. But. I love I love the live experience because you're there with friends and you're caught up in the moment and everything. I just can't watch it. Speaking of speaking of Scot- Scottish battles and going off to war. Oh yeah, um, we have uh, we have recaps of Outlander. Yeah, and uh, uh, Allison Isberg has been doing those uh, and having a great time with it. Yeah, and of course she's sitting there going, "Why King Charles, Prince Charles." King Charles, whoever, whoever is Charles the, 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 the royal that's mm. there, that's in charge of the English forces right. know, battling the Scots and making stupid decisions. Uh, historically, historically, the, 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 the battles between Scotland and England, little history lesson for you here, a very little history lesson, um, is full of somebody on one side or the other being a complete idiot when it comes to strategy. <laughs> And in some cases, still managing to win because of sheer numbers, right? Or blind luck, or um, just that constant battle. There's there's a reason it was a big deal when when a couple of years ago when the Scots voted whether or not they're going to go independent. Um, it's because they were not all thrilled to be conquered in the first place, sure. and have sort of sat there for ever since, going bloody English. <laughs> <laughs> And so, as much as it's, they're all intertwined, there is a certain amount of, right. get out of our country! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of, um, oh, well, I don't know that I should... Uh, Uh-oh. 
Is this, is this a politics thing? No, 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 okay. no, no. Well, because we went, we went there. It's and not a, we, it's we, not we, a politics thing. It's not a, it's not a Trump Hillary politics okay. thing. It's Uh-oh, a, okay. it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a fandom politics thing. I guess you could say. Oh, those are those are worse. Yeah, I know, I, mean, I know, because <laughs> we got, uh, we got accused today. Oh dear. Uh, yes. We're recording oh. on, we're recording right. on Thursday, like we usually do. Um, right. Earlier this week. I'll relate this story here because we're going to record Echo Chamber next week. And I don't want to take the time to get to it on that one because it'll take Mm -hmm. a lot of time. So earlier this week, we had the idea. Last week, the Star Trek fan film guidelines came out. Right. And so we said, you know, this would be a good chance to to get an Echo Chamber episode put together where we can bring together uh, different journalists who have been covering the story and different fan film producers to get their take on it. And so I said, okay, in, in the interest of being fair and balanced, we right. want to invite, you know, James Cauley, and we want to invite Vic Mignogna, and, and uh, we reached out to Sky Conway from Renegades, and we should invite Alec Peters, because this whole thing is being laid at Alec Peters' feet, right. you know, the, the whole Axonar, the Axonar effect and, and all of that. So I uh, got in touch with him on Tuesday. Sent him a note through Facebook, because I don't have his email. Sent him a note through Facebook, said, hey, we're going to be putting this episode together. We're going to be talking about the fan film guidelines. It'll give you a chance to address any you know, accusations or some misconceptions mm-hmm. or anything right. that you'd want to get off your chest. And really the focus that I want to do on that episode is the fan film guidelines. Because, right. you know, the lawsuit, people have talk, been talking about the lawsuit. You've already, you know, the lines are drawn. Sure. You've chosen sides. And... It, it, there's really not going to be anything that anybody involved is going to be able to say because of gag orders and right. the, the lawyers. The legal side of things. Saying, and not to yeah. mention the fact that until it is decided, until right. it's all said and done, it's all up in the air. And everyone, it's just opinion right now. And and if it goes to court, mm-hmm. then we'll have public records and testimony and that kind of thing. Right. And that, that's stuff that we can actually, you know, we see those sure. documents. Mm-hmm. But right now, really, the only thing that we have are the documents that have been filed for the lawsuit and the countersuit and the dismissal right. and sure. the judge's decision and that kind of thing. So the focus of Echo Chamber next week is going to be on just the guidelines, what kind of impact it has, what kind of changes this is going to bring to the to the fan film community. And on Tuesday, told, you know, spelled this out, and Alex, Alec Peters uh, responded, cool. Just one word. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. fine. And accepted a friend request on Facebook. So because if you're not friends, quote unquote, right. so-called, with someone, they don't necessarily see your messages. Right. There's a there. Yeah. Goes into I've, the, I've actually in the I've other. missed I've missed messages because of that. Right. Yeah. So so he accepted the friend request and we you know, sent him this note. He said, "Cool." So I said, "Great. We're gonna we're gonna connect with Google." I told him what all the process was. Wednesday, seven thirty. Told him mm-hmm. all this stuff. Sure. And that was that was all there was. So. Tuesday, the rest of Tuesday goes through. All of Wednesday goes through. Thursday morning, we may, we put on our Facebook page all of the people so far that we had confirmed were going to be there. Right. Carlos Pedraza from Axa Monitor and um, uh, uh, Michael Hinman from 1701 News, right. who does not get along with Alec Peters. And we said Alec Peters, and we said you know a, a couple of other fan film producers had been invited. We hadn't heard back. Right. And our Facebook page just blew up. Blew up today. And everyone was like, oh, that's so cool. You're going to have Alec. Oh, that's going to be something. Oh, the fireworks. And everybody is, of course, smelling blood in the water, right? right? Which was not the intention. No. No. We no we, I was like, I, this, is not an, this is not let's ambush Alec time right, exactly. or anything like that. Uh, it was, you know, the intention is we get everybody's side. Mm-hmm. All the different perspectives of the site. And again, focus just on the fan film guidelines right. because that's the main thing now. Mm-hmm. And uh, even sent an email. We sent a, a, an invitation to uh, CBS right. for John Van Sitter, Sitter, John Van Sitter from CBS Consumer Products right. because he just did the Engage podcast over at StarTrek.com explaining and clarifying the guidelines mm-hmm. and saying here's, here's what it actually really means. So, yeah, of course, they say, well, we can't really talk because of litigation sure, sure, and all right. that. I think they misunderstood because they're, they're, uh, they're answering about the lawsuit when I was asking about the, the guidelines. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so then about halfway through this discussion thread, uh, uh, Axonar's PR guy jumps in. 
oh, this is very interesting. When did I, when did Alec agree to this? And da 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 and all that. And of course, Michael Hinman had to jump in. He says, "We don't have to go through your PR guy." You know, he you know directly asked Alec and Alec, and Alec started on his page because people had said, "Hey, we're really looking forward to hearing you on the Sci-Fi for Me Radio podcast." And Alec said, "I'm not doing a podcast. I never agreed to any interview. They're lying. They're liar, liar, McLiar signs." And I was just like, oh, "Really? Okay." And so we back, you know, we go through all of this back and forth and stuff. And so I screen captured the mm-hmm. conversation. Now it is possible, right? I'm so, going to allow for so the possibility miscommun- that miscommunication cool might have just been an acknowledgement of the event. Right, miscommunication okay. thing, do, things do happen. However, but all of Tuesday, all of Wednesday, yeah, well. Thursday morning, and nothing from Alex saying. Oh, no, no, wait, no, I didn't say I was going to do it. I just, this it's a good idea for you guys to talk about it. I can't do it because of litigation or PR or whatever. Talk to these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, plenty of time for him to realize that this is an invitation that we just issued and and the appearance is that you accept it. Right. So he's not going to do it. <laughs> no, no, he's not. So... If on the on on the off chance he listens to this, we certainly yeah, would I always mean, you would always you would always be welcome. Sure. Well, and, see, and and, and, we, and I want to no, be clear. There's no ill intent here. No, there's no, I, there's no, no I, attempt I, to I definitely ambush anyone or, or to do anything like that. Yeah, I definitely want to make it clear that that there is no let's get Alec right. plan. There's or no ill like feeling. That. There's still no ill feeling. Whatever whatever all of yeah. this is, but yeah. I have a feeling because. Uh, Michael Hinman has been trying to get Alec to do an interview for 1701 News for a long right, time. Yeah. And Alec, for, you know, Peters, for whatever reason, thinks that Michael has it out for him. Mm. You know, there's a target on my back, and it's got Michael Hinman's name well, right all over it. Well, at this point, he's got, he, I would imagine he probably feels that way in general. I mean, not, I w- be, I would not, being able, not being able to speak for him at all. A little, but. yeah. I would expect there's a little bit of that that persecution complex that might be out there because you know you look at some of the stuff that he posts on his Facebook mm-hmm. page and then the Axonar Facebook page, and that's all you know. Why would you Why would you kill a spider with a bazooka? You know those kind of things. Yeah, he's, like, he's, he's met legal departments he's, before, he's, has he? Yeah, but he's memeing well, a lot. Yeah, okay, sure. And uh, and so I'm I'm sort of thinking, well, okay. My thinking is that when he found out Henman was going to be there, the whole thing flipped. Well, it, it's entirely possible. We can't know. No, but, I'm, I'm guessing. Right. So, but, but at the same time, it's it's unfortunate because yeah. it would be an opportunity for him. Because it would. It was and, not, but and, it's also, and it wasn't. You weren't trying to sit no, there. And no, set not up at a all. And, thing. and uh, John Broughton from Farragut Films. Right. He's agreed to be on there, mm-hmm. and he was actually looking forward to it. He's sure. excited. He's like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be cool. Yeah. You know, this is because. It's not, uh, it's not something where you get Alec Peters to agree to do any kind of an interview right. or anything. And I can understand lawyers sitting there telling him to keep quiet sure. about the lawsuit. Okay, fine. Not going to ask him about the lawsuit because the fan guidelines apply to everybody now. Right. Uh, and, and, yeah, it could be one of those things where you know, the lawsuit is the trigger and the whole Axonar thing is the catalyst for all of this happening. right. right. But at the same time, if there's a misperception about what Axonar was all about, mm-hmm. then yeah, if I was if I was doing it, if somebody sat there and said, "Well, your project does X and Y and Z," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, no, it does one, two, and three. You know, if if you if you get presented an opportunity to address sure. the misconceptions, mm-hmm. if they are misconceptions. I'd, I'd say, well, sure. Well, or, it, it could also be he's got a lawyer leaning over his shoulder and going, stop, nope, stop the talking. Well, that could be. But then then the professional would send me a note back and say, you know, we had well, some discussions but, in know. here. It's probably not a good idea for me to do it. Thank you, but no. Instead of going through the PR flack after all of this yeah, on, no. on Facebook back and forth. But anyway. But anyway. But the um, fan theory is... That this is all Axonar's fault. Well, and that's actually the subject of, of tonight's episode. See what really. I see? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so what it's I did. To go over here and twist it around and take it through the over the head and back around through our sci-fi for me. Over the river and through the woods. Um, 
fan theories. Fan theories is, is the subject of this evening. Yes. And there are there's a couple of, of things that have happened recently that are very much fan theory uh, uh, internet explosion moments, right? Mm-hmm. So we had Jon Snow coming back from the dead on Game of Thrones. What? Spoiler alert for what? for the episodes you should have already seen if you're a Game of Thrones fan. Oh, by the way, uh, Game of Thrones recaps, Kerry Evans is just killing it with those. That's right. Um, and uh, the Sci-Fi for Chicks podcast, mm-hmm. the next one that we're recording, I think sometime this weekend, maybe, uh, is going to be all about Game of Thrones, uh, primarily the women of Game of Thrones, sure. but just Game of Thrones and cool. the whole, oh, ah, yeah. that kind of thing. So, so. so we got that major fan theory, which turned out to be true. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and if, for those of you who are at home and don't know what that fan theory is... You have the internet. Um, no, it's uh, so that's fan theory. There's a fan theory. Uh, Captain America recently, spoiler alert, was revealed to have been working for Hydra all along. Hail Hydra. Dun dun dun. Except. And the internet blew a gasket and, over this. And we've talked about this before is that anytime something like this happens in comic books, one thing you should always remember is that things like this happen in comic books. <laughs> yeah. And basically, if Darth Vader were suddenly to sit there and pull off his helmet and reveal himself to be Princess Leia, oh. the internet would go, no! For about five seconds. And then, and then the yeah. fan theories would explode. Yes. Right? So, so when Captain America revealed that he was an agent of Hydra, every, you know, the internet explodes and fan theories popped up. And one of them turned out to be true. And that's one of the things is that the fans, fans have an amazing ability to look at the worlds that they love in genre and come up with ways to make things make sense. Mm-hmm. So when you have something that where there's a question, and especially when you have something where there are mysteries to speculate about, yeah, the fan theories develop. And, and uh, some of them are pretty good. Oh, yeah. There is, there is an argument to be made that Jar Jar Binks is a Sith Lord. <laughs> It's I've an insane that. argument. Did you see? But it actually is. It, it, if you if you just look at that argument, it yeah. holds together logically, internally. The logic is sound. It does. Well, same for that fan theory about uh, the stormtroopers being ordered to miss. Yeah. Oh yeah. Only stormtroopers are so accurate, well, <laughs> except when they're told not to be. <laughs> um, speaking of Star Wars theories, mm-hmm. another fan theory. This one, this one from Samuel L. Jackson himself. Yes. This started blowing up over the over the week. Samuel L. Jackson has put forth the theory that Mace Windu is not dead. Right. Because he only got his hand cut off. And he only got blown out a window, what, a thousand stories up? He died poorly. That's the issue here. Yeah. Is that Mace Windu... He, he died. He, I, I can't, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Any, any, <laughs> well, like a punk. and, and, the, <laughs> what you're talking about, Willis? Um, the, the, the theory is that, you know, well, I mean, you look at um, uh, Obi Wan holding on to that probe in the middle of all right. of Coruscant uh, traffic and everything, and then you have uh, Anakin diving through sure, Coruscant traffic. Right. So we've seen two Jedi. Now, suspended high over Coruscant traffic with nothing underneath, no safety net or anything. And managed to not do the dying thing. Managed not to do the dying thing. So the theory is possibly maybe that maybe Mace Windu survived getting blown out the window after having his uh, his hand cut off and being force lightning to death. So how old would you say Mace Windu is? Probably in his... Old, Old enough to show up in Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Yep. Just saying because not only, not only has Samuel L. Jackson put that theory out, but the maker himself, George Lucas, has even said, yeah, baby. Well, it is the old rule. (laughs) Is there a body? Did you find the body? Yeah. Uh, Jackson said he he told this theory. His theory was, you know, Mace Windu didn't die. He's just now a one-handed Jedi. Uh, what, and one-handed Jedi's. One-handed. What is it with that? 
right? Well, it's the it's the it's the JJ Abrams. Oh, no, it's it, no, it's it's the it's it, the Star Wars. It's the Star Wars trope. So, yes. Star Wars trope, but it's also become. Um, We're gonna have to make that make sure that's on the list. Well, it's also the Marvel Universe trope now. Well, it's the Marvel Universe trope because it's the it's the Star Wars I salute know. trope. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely gonna have to make sure that's yeah, on the that's list. True. All right. So, uh, so, so Samuel Jackson says that he runs this theory by George Lucas. George sure. Lucas right. says, "I'm okay with that. You can be alive." <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> Always appreciate George letting you live. There are some some interesting various theories out there. We've talked about the Pixar theory, right? The one yeah, that uh-huh. connects all of the Pixar sure. movies all together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other there's other Disney fan theories that kind of connect all of the Disney movies together. Have you seen these? Um, yeah, actually. Um, that Captain it, Hook killed Ariel's mother. I had not seen that one. Well, there's uh, in the in the Peter Pan cartoon. Mm-hmm. There is um, there is a mermaid, right? Who looks just like Ariel. Dead ringer for Ariel. Because Disney has never reused character designs. Right. Ever. Ever. So Baloo and <laughs> uh, uh, Robin Hood. Little John and Baloo are the same bear. What? It's true. They're the same bear. You know why? Because hmm. it was cheaper to reuse on an animation. That's why. I'm going to have to wrap my head around that. Uh, well, yeah. there's the same character design. And you don't think about it because... It's not the same movie. Right. Yeah, well, okay. There's the argument has been made that um, uh, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White have the same prints. Oh. Because the character design is... Is the same. Is the same. Well, his hair color is different. Like, that can't be changed. He's Cinderella's, Cinderella's prince <laughs> was dark hair. He's Black player. hair. He's a player. <laughs> he's, in, he's in there... Zipping around. Snow White's prince. He's no. zipping around. Sleeping you Beauty's prince. No, it's right here. Sleeping Beauty's prince has has brown hair. Cinderella's prince has black hair. He is just going around. Well, that's his interpretation. Dark hair is dark hair. Some people look at it. I mean, seriously. Oh, I wouldn't know anymore. Mine's gray. <laughs> um, but so no, he's just, he's just going from kingdom to kingdom, uh, getting involved with princesses, going off on adventures when he's really going over to the next kingdom to get kingdom to get back together <laughs> with the one he just hooked up with before. It's, well, have you, you know, seen you've seen the the theory that uh, Frozen and uh, all all of the the connections between. Frozen and Little Mermaid and Tangled mm-hmm, and right, Tarzan. Right. Those four are directly yep. uh, that the the two. And you know, I, I never seen Frozen, but the two princesses in Frozen, Elsa and what's her other the name, ha, Hannah, Hannah, what, whoever. The two right, girls. Right. The two. Oh, Hansel and Gretel. The two girls. <laughs> Different characters. Are the sisters mm-hmm. of Lord Greystoke, Tarzan. Sure. Okay. And it was Tarzan's ship uh, that was wrecked, the shipwreck mm-hmm. that Ariel, the Little Mermaid, kept fl- right, right, know, right. floating uh-huh. about sure. and, and exploring. And the wedding of one of those at Frozen, uh, the Tangled pair, mm-hmm. were at that wedding. Sure. And it all—it's all connected. Of course. Well, and, and, the, and the book that Belle was reading at yeah. the beginning of Beauty and the Beast, where she talks about the the prince, but she doesn't know he's a prince until chapter mm-hmm. three or whatever. I said, that's Aladdin. She's reading Aladdin. Yeah, that makes sense. It all fits. Well, there's a, there's a fan theory that Aladdin is set in the far future. Well, because... I haven't seen that one. Because Robin Williams' genie makes references to things that are 20th century. Oh, right, 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 right. Because it's thir- uh, th- 31st century, Something I think? like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's... And if you it, it it fits in the con, in the the dialogue of the film, and you know the fact that you could have this you know this society in the future that greatly resembles you know Middle Eastern society from five hundred years ago. Yeah. But it was but it's just more or less, and the and the and the differences get explained from you know the, the making a cartoon about that. Sure. Get explained as being well, it's actually in the far future. Because of course, every single time. The world gets destroyed, and we have this dystopian future and whatnot. Right, yes. We always revert back to civilization from 6,000 years ago. Oh, yeah. We've we, right? we, we got to go feudal. We have to have a feudal lord system, and, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, and I think in some cases, in some cases you can kind of understand that because, you know, you have something like, like the Catholic Church. There's a structure there that has survived the test of time, right? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of think that if it were 
and I think religion religion would definitely serve that, and it has served that role in a lot of science fiction and fantasy. Sure, where right. the, the church or a church or a version of the, of a church has survived because there's a structure. There's the people in charge. There's the deacons, the priests, or whatever it is, you know. And so you've got this this hierarchy in the structure. And if you are say, there's a dog making jingling noises. It does that. Um, so if you've got like you know, if it's a Catholic church or the Mormon church or some of these things where you've got this definite structure, right. and also the social interaction, then you already have this network, right? So Canticle, Canticle for Leibowitz, um, uh, Buck Rogers. Uh, yeah. He, he basically, uh, you know. Going back to find his, the, uh, if he had any descendants, he goes to, to Utah to find the Mormon records. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean that stuff. That's kind of interesting stuff to there, but uh, that's not fan theory or anything though. That's just cool little digression, which yeah. we never do ever. But you know what? Mm. There is there is one. Now this is not really fan theory. Mm. This is this is something I want to look at when we get when we get back from the break because I've got to get more coffee. Right. This is. Bland headcanon. Have you seen this? Yes. We've talked about this a little bit before. I have run across this on Pinterest a Mm -hmm. lot. When we get back, we are going to talk a little bit about bland Marvel Mm headcanon and bland DC Comics Mm headcanon. But first of all, we're going to let you hear from our sponsor, SuperheroStuff.com. They have all sorts of licensed merchandise. Yes, they do. Like Funko Pop. Uh, Which we just figures. got. Are these, are these the ones we just got? Uh, a couple of them are. Okay, Some yeah. of them are upstairs. So we get uh, a lot of stuff from superherostuff.com. Yeah. Mugs and t shirts. Uh, McKenna. Not this mug. No. This, these are special these mugs. Are special. Um, McKenna has uh, a number of t shirts, Star Wars t shirts, when she hosts right. Salacious mm-hmm. Crumbs. She's wearing, she's wearing shirts we got from Superhero Stuff. And some of the stuff that's on the shelf. Behind her mm-hmm. on the set, and they that's, have been our sponsor ever since we've been weekly. That's right, because <laughs> they said, "Listen to us weekly," and we went, "Okay." okay. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com! From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com! Where heroes shop. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's going to be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well, now do they? That's why every week, Sci-Fi for Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. Those we have on our list, anyway. And that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the Conventions tab over at SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Star Wars fans, McKenna Riley here, inviting you to join me for the latest news, rumor, and innuendo from a galaxy far, far away. Salacious Crumbs, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. Back on H2O, Jason Hutt here, along with Timothy Harvey. Trying desperately not to spill my coffee. (laughs) Did I fill too much? Spilled coffee is to sin. It is. It's terrible. I believe there's, that's that's what, uh, Dalmatians 316? (laughs) Thou shalt not spill thy coffee. No, I think it's Dalmatians 101. <laughs> What's your... <laughs> Bland headcanon. All right, so for those of you who don't know... Um, Tell them about bland headcanon. You should, you, should, you should know. We have a Pinterest account. We, we have do. a Pinterest channel. We're everywhere. We are, well, I wish we weren't on Twitch. I'm starting to regret getting on Twitch. But that's another that's the thing. That so, is well, okay. That's just another exposure to the internet, and as we've established before, talking about exposure. Yeah, no kidding. Gee whiz, <laughs> man. The okay. internet is the internet is a scary right. place. So, so we start promoting our Twitch channel on right. Instagram and on Twitter and Facebook. You know, and you use the hashtag Twitch, right? Right. So people so find it. Mm-hmm. 
And since that time, we have had more porn bots. I mean, very attractive young ladies in the photograph. If they were, in fact, real. If they were real. And if, indeed, they were actually following our accounts. Right, yeah. Like, you know. But, you know, no followers, we're not, no posts. And we're not saying, yeah, by all means, if, 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 if that's your industry choice and you want to follow us that'd be, and you're a real person, uh, whatever. Whatever. You know, but, yeah, but too, all but. of these all of these are, you know, f- come find me in the link. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. No! That's my uh, last five Instagram followers. I we're tell you, all it feels people. like It feels yeah. like I have, I have just ridden up on the beach and found the head of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> You know, that's that's what that feels like. Did you see the Did you see the analysis that said that that uh, I think I might have been might have been some article on Cracked or something? But they basically said it's a really cool image, but the Statue of Liberty would basically be one of the first things that would just go because said, of the car uh, because, because of the copper. Yeah, cause, well, because it's this thin. Yeah, I mean, it's that thin. It's it, it's not going <laughs> to knock the head off. The whole thing is going to collapse. <laughs> So bland headcanon. So on, on Pinterest, I, I knew I was going with this. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So on Pinterest, we have several boards set up specifically for cosplay. Right. So we have a cosplay photo gallery. Mm-hmm. We show people who a lot are of cosplay, great cosplay, a lot of great cosplay, and a lot of tutorials. Uh, we got a tutorial. You know, we got a board that's tutorials for costumes, and one that's tutorials for props and all that. Well, invariably, since we've got so much. Uh, comic book cosplay, Marvel cosplay, DC cosplay, you know, there's Batman stuff and there's Harley, I mean, tons of Harley Quinns and a lot of Deadpools and that kind of thing. So... Popular characters. The suggested pins, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, you liked this, you should also look at this and this and this and this. Right. Well, since we're doing so much with Marvel and DC, Mm -hmm. the bland headcanon has started to pop up. And this, some of this stuff is funny. Oh, yeah. Here's one. Jason Todd has personalized ringtones for every member of the Bat family. Dick Grayson is, I want to see your peacock. Tim, like a virgin. Stephanie is, here comes the sun. Babs is uptown girl. Cass is, another one bites the dust. Damien's is Stacy's mom. And Bruce is just a... Is just Jason imitating Bruce's gravel voice in gibberish words. I love that one. That's it. Bland Marvel hit oh, cannon. My. Tony is a good liar in serious situations. But when he is BSing to people, he is comfortable when he unconsciously starts touching his right ear. Because that's what Jarvis did when he told him invented stories or made excuses for his parents' absence. Ah, okay, sure. See, now some of these bland, bland headcanons are not funny, but they 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 personalize, they humanize well, okay. these. When, you, when these you've got people. a series of movies like the Marvel Universe or and the beginnings of the DC Universe, you've got these little and and certainly you could if you want to count every Batman film as part of the Batman multiverse, which you probably should at this point. It's, 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 it's a multiverse after all. Yeah. Um, then you probably could sit there and, you know, people are going to do this. They're going to they're gonna look at the, the c- things that repeat themselves. Um, I was just, I spend a lot of time in the car. And I was in a traffic jam on the way back from, from at the end of my day today. Uh-huh. And so I literally watched everything wrong with the Incredible Hulk in my car, while on my phone, while I was sitting. I mean, yeah. we were inching forward. And they basically pointed out all the similarities between The Incredible Hulk and Iron Man. They're almost the same movie. In terms of plot. Yeah. And I was and Marvel's got a model, right? So, sure. So but because you've got these things where the recurring story beats, the recurring kinds of characters, yeah. you develop a universe. So in that universe, something like this is it explains things. It's, mm-hmm. it's, conne- it's the connected tissue. Here's here's another one. Bland Marvel headcanon. Clint likes going to the zoo. Only he likes messing with the guests. <laughs> Using ventriloquism to make it look like <laughs> the animals are talking. Pelting brats with overpriced popcorn, etc. When the day is over, he runs into the parking lot shouting, They're loose, everybody run! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sure. Okay. This yeah. is, I mean, the, some of this stuff. Some of this stuff is just really, really, really funny. But then you have the really poignant stuff, mm-hmm. uh, especially about Bucky. Yeah. About Bucky Barnes. 
I have run across uh, a few of them. Um, one of the one of them is the is the really the really one that gets you in the feels, like mm-hmm. what they say, is uh, when we f- when we find Bucky in Civil War, he's buying prunes, plums, plums. Okay. All right. Well, somebody actually put in there. Plums are good for memory. And the reason that Bucky is buying those plums is because he's trying to get his memory back. Sure. I mean, it's one of those little things that's just like, ah. But then I saw another one. Steve Rogers, when he enlists, he's what? 21, 22, 23? Somewhere in there. Somewhere in there? Okay, so he spends, what, two years maybe fighting in the war? Mm Mm-hmm. Goes into the ice. Mm-hmm. 23, 24 years old. Right? He comes out of the ice, and now how old is he? 23, 24 years old. Right? He's not He's not 100. Right. You know, he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Natasha, same kind of thing. Even though she's aging slowly, and we haven't got that in canon yet for the Right, for the but it's so, so, yeah, if you, if you don't know in the comic, Natasha is also somebody who's, right. who's got an extended lifespan. adjusted. Yeah. And then, of course, Bucky. Sure. Who's what? A year maybe older than than Steve. Mm-hmm. They're all still kids. Yeah. In this, in this massive thing. Well, even even, thing. even at the point that they're because they're physical age wise, their appearance is that they're in their thirties now. Mm-hmm. But if you think about the actual functional time that they've been allowed to be to, allowed to grow up before they were forced into positions where they were forced to grow up. Yeah. And there's a difference between being allowed to grow up and being forced to grow up. If you go off to war and fight a war, there's a, it's a different kind of growing up than it is when you don't. There's just no way around that fact. Right. Um, and there's been more than one good argument to be made that a good chunk of the superheroes are probably functionally insane because of what they've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certainly, you know, people... You can, talk, you can talk about it with Batman, how he's, you know, the trauma... And how the only per- the only way you could do this is if you were essentially Travis Bickle in a mask, yeah, right, or in, uh, Travis, Travis Bickle in a cape, I guess. Um, <clears throat> Travis Bickle is a film called Taxi Driver. For those of you who are under a certain age, are you talking to me? Don't. Are you talking to me? <laughs> Robert De Niro was in it, and yeah, Jodie Foster. And, and you talking to me is not Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, right? He's quoting Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. It was Jodie Foster when she was yay high this tall yeah i read what was it there was a there was a story that she tells about a scene that they had together in that movie i think it's in a diner and she and de niro rehearsed that scene so much and she said de niro just kept going over it and going over it and going over it she was sick to death of rehearsing that mm-hmm. scene. Right. But when they went to shoot it, and when De Niro went improv sideways into the scene, they had rehearsed it so much that she could go right along there with mm-hmm. him and she knew exactly where he was going. She could follow him along. It's like she said it was one of the most brilliant things. But the rehearsal just, I mean, she was just sick to death of that scene by the time they, they got to shoot it. Well, it's actually a director's trick, too, where they will sit there and rehear- and, and they'll, they'll shoot a scene with an actor so many yeah. times. It happened to Shatner. Yeah, Nicholas Meyer did it in yep. Star Trek, too. Uh, where Here basically it comes. You just, you yeah. keep, you basically do it until the actor is just bored. Bored, and then suddenly that's the line you want. You want, there's yeah. a delivery you're looking for. In, in the commentary on Star Trek, too, he said they shot that line 82 times. And I can believe it. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's some directors who just do that. That is oh. their model. Um, I think that, and if you were, Ter- I think Terrence Malick is one of those directors where he's like, we're going to do all the takes, all of them ever, on this one, you know, one line of dialogue. And you just know that going into a Terrence Malick film, that that's how the process is going to be for you as an actor. But there's sometimes, yeah, you're going to manipulate the actor because a good director will manipulate their actors every now and again, mm-hmm. um, if need be. Uh, bland DC Comics headcanon Superman is the best cook in the Justice League sure okay there's one every night Commissioner Gordon goes home and writes in a diary 
everything he should have arrested Batman, Robin, and the others for, <laughs> but didn't. He has an attic full of reasons to arrest them all. He yes. doesn't do this because he ever, ever plans to actually arrest any of them, never, but it's just to relieve stress. Sure. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I like that. So one of the fan theories that has popped up is that the Joker is Batman's brother. Uh-huh. So if you are currently reading the the current arc in, in the comic books of, the, of DC's big Rebirth, Rebirth series, yep. you know that there are actually apparently three, three Jokers. Three. The explanation for the three Jokers has not been given yet. But I find it interesting that the artwork... To, oh yeah! To show the three jokers mm-hmm. includes um, basically Brian Bolland's sure. killing, jo- killing joke joker. joker, right? And then the current version mm-hmm. of the Joker, and then Jerry Robinson's version, right? So from, it's like the original. So you well, you basically have your 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 beginning, your middle, and your end. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I'm very curious to see how they manage to handle this. The theory basically goes that the reason that the Bat- that Batman has never killed the Joker is because they're related, they're family, and that because honestly, if there's any person that the Batman should have sat there with, screw the not killing thing, right. this guy, yeah, you know he's he's a mass murderer. Um, he will always get out. He crippled Barbara. He killed Jason. Doesn't matter that Barbara's walking again, and doesn't matter that Jason came back from the dead. These are things that he did. Spoilers for twenty, thirty-year-old comic arcs. Um, <coughs> We're not that old. Yeah. In various incarnations of the character, of various of the Elseworld tiles and things like that, and mm-hmm. even even in the main comic, it's been referenced that Bruce had a brother at one point, right? And that brother died or that brother was committed in well, some of didn't, the didn't he show up in the court of owls storyline well, someone claiming to be uh someone, someone claiming to be the real uh thomas wayne right okay. was the court of owls. okay but also there has been this in, in various points in the history of batman going all the way back right this is not this is you know continuity is a funny thing there was a time when continuity didn't matter as much as it does now and so you would have um there was actually reference to a a, a brother Right. Usually Thomas Jr., yep. um, who was committed. Or and so, and then you listen, and then you listen to um, the Joker's speech in the second or the the uh, Dark Knight. Oh, uh, uh, well, it was the Dark Knight. Dark Knight, yeah, there yeah. You go. okay, yeah. Batman yeah. Begins, Dark Knight. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, right? So he's the way he talks about his father. And you think about a very wealthy man who basically sent away his child that he couldn't do anything with. Right. Um, and the resentment. How does the, how does the Joker treat money? Large sums of money. He destroys it. Right. Um, how does he, how does he treat how does he treat the, the the wealthy of Gotham with disdain? You know, he's got that scene in the, where he's got them all kidnapped, and he basically says, "You know, my father was like you." Yeah. There's this. There's all these little things where if you were if you want to look at it that way. They could actually be. It fits the. It fits the facts right. as we know them. Right now, there is a long, long history in literature and storytelling. Good and evil twins. Uh, the good, the good brother, the bad brother, the you good mean, sibling. You mean tropes? Tropes. <laughs> Not only tropes. There's another one we add to the list. But classic. Just I mean, if you go all the way back, I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, Shakespeare did Shakespeare stuff. Did. Shakespeare did stuff with it. Um, uh, Romulus and Remus. Um, a lot of uh, we've got, uh, American gods is coming out, uh, and they deal with some of the old European gods, and a lot and a lot of them are dual faced gods, right? You know, spring and you know, sp- uh, summer and winter gods. Janus, right? Yep. Um, one is for the one is for the growth, and one is for for the death, right? And so, but it's the same individual basically. So it's an in- it's a really interesting idea that you could, and it explains the fact that the one person that Bruce Wayne would feel the biggest guilt about. And the one person who he could probably never bring himself to do what any rational person should have sat there, a desire to not kill or not, Mm. the the sheer numbers game. 
Batman is a very smart fellow. Bruce Wayne is an, a very analytical person. Right. The numbers game. Yeah, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few says, type of thing. Says at some point he should have sat there and got the gun he doesn't like to use and sit there and go, no, I got to put the I got to put the rabbit dog down. Right. Um, Only he hasn't. And when given the opportunity, when someone else tries to do it, he stops Jason Todd from killing the Joker. Right, because he he well, and we've seen this before with other with other villains with like Two Face mm-hmm. and like he he feels that there should at least be an effort made to rehabilitate them. Right. But at this point, he knows there's no, there's no rebuilding. Have you seen the other fan theory about Batman? What other fan theory would that be? There's more than one, I'm sure. The fan theory that Batman doesn't exist. That Bruce Wayne is actually an inmate in Arkham Asylum. And that Two-Face is the orderly that takes care of him. Okay, sure. All right? So you've got Two-Face, and the reason that Two-Face is the orderly. He's very nice, very considerate, very respectful when people are watching. Mm. And then abusive or and not. abusive yeah. when okay, everybody's sure. gone, right? Um, Harley Quinn, of course. Uh, one of the psychologists. Sure. Psychiatrists, right. right? And so you've got all of these, all of these characters that are either staff or other inmates in Arkham mm. that populate right. the Batman hallucination. Sure. Okay. It's a it's a complete delusion inside the mind of Bruce Wayne, and he's completely bonkers, and he's sitting in Arkham, in a straitjacket, thinking that he's the Batman. Well, again, if the, one of the interesting things about a lot of these fan theories is that when you're looking at like a specific show or an ongoing storyline, you're and you're working on a fan theory to explain what's happening, like mm-hmm. say the Jon Snow theories, right? Right. What is his parentage? Was he really dead? You know, and some of these things have been revealed. Oddly enough, the two biggest fan theories for involving Jon Snow, and I won't spoil them for you, um, have been revealed to be true, at least in the context of the TV show. Right? So, um, so the fans look at the available information and say, well, this makes sense. But for something like Batman, where you're looking at like a history of a character, or a comic book, you know, you've got that kind of that kind of depth of history. You're exploring that world in a different way than, say, you are exploring the world of Game of Thrones, the, the television show, right? Right. Um, and so, um, it's it's a, a wider universe that you can play in. Interestingly enough, um, uh, and I, I'm, I, haven't, I haven't read Sam's... Uh, Penny Dreadful. Penny, Penny Dreadful finale. But... Uh, through this season, we discovered that the orderly in the asylum that Vanessa was kept in is the man who became the monster, Frankenstein's monster. Oh, right, okay. So she remembers him, but he doesn't remember her. Mm. And so she thinks of him as this kind, gentle man who became this monster. And she he thinks of her as this kind, gentle woman who's just being kind to him and one of the few people who is. So... Not a fan theory at all, but a very interesting. You were talking about that, sure. where it's like the, sure. the perception of who people are. Well, I say, yeah, and here, here is Poison Ivy is the nurse who sedates him when he gets out of control. Sure. Okay. Uh, Two Face, the abusive orderly who acts nice when the doctors are around, then beats up the patients when their backs are turned. Riddler is a therapist who asks him questions he has a hard time answering. Sure. Mad Hatter, a hypnotherapist. Uh, Bruce is convinced he's trying to brainwash him. Right, yeah. Dr. Joe Carr and his assistant, Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Bruce Wayne is their number one patient, and they are just absolutely sure that they can bring him back to sanity. Yeah. And Bruce fights with every fiber of his being against his arch nemesis, Joker. Of course. And of course. Kid. It's fun. It's, it, these, these kind of things are fun to, to string these things out. Well, and, and some of these things, they end up being, you know, you the alternate universe thing in comic books, the multiverse stuff. Yeah. So you get, to, you get to play out some of these things, but because we don't, when you've got this world, these worlds that we have—the worlds of Star Wars, the worlds of Star Trek, the worlds of, you know, uh, uh, the Marvel universe, the DC universe, the comic book worlds—you've got so much storytelling you can deal with, mm-hmm. and so many places where the realities of writing that story just don't—you're not going to do that. You're not going to fill in those holes. Yeah, you know, everything from is Deckard a, rem- uh, 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 a replicant. replicant? Oh yeah. You know, I mean, the the fans had theories before, you know, and, and the actors and the director have different theories mm-hmm. that are in competition. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
Well, and and the other thing, well, see, and this is this is where you get into fan fiction. Mm-hmm. So not only just the fan theories, but you get into fan fiction with this kind right. of stuff. You know, where you know certain relationships or certain aspects of a relationship or jobs or history or past. I mean, how many people are sitting there wanting to see what happened in Budapest? Between of course, sure, uh, yeah. uh, Black Widow and and Hawkeye. Right, yeah, you know, we want to see Budapest. Give yeah, us ne- Budapest. We're never going to see Budapest. Never going to see no. it, unless it unless it's younger Natasha. But I tell you on what. Netflix. But I tell you what. There is there is an argument to be made that that sort of thing exists better without. Sure. You know, sometimes we don't need the origin story. Right. We don't need the the backstory works Agreed. better as a throwaway line. Uh-huh. That is a cool idea um so and sometimes sometimes like the comic book company will get it wrong okay so uh, uh, it's true um the big the big reveal with with the new uh dc revamp boot. rebirth revamp birth. it's it's well it's really not it's a, well, it's a it's, it's a it's a hybrid it's a it, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a uh mm. we don't have a prior version that fits this exactly but it's revealed that, of course, what may be the villain of it is Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen. Well, Jeff Johns says he's not the villain. He's the he's the antagonist, okay. but okay. not necessarily a the villain. Ad, the adversary in this context. Yeah. Um, and this we we leaving aside the whole debate whether or not that Alan Moore should have been allowed to just let his have his creation lie. I don't like it. Well, he doesn't like a lot of things. Um, but they did that whole. After Watchmen, oh, I'm sorry, before Watchmen, uh-huh, yeah, spinoff, yeah, which, with the exception of the late lamented Dar- Darwin Cook, um, a lot of that stuff was not well received, right? And there's something to be said that we nobody nobody was asking for, except for maybe the banker. <laughs> nobody was asking for those More ba- that stories, yeah. Um, and you well, have, uh, you know, nobody's nobody's asking for uh, nobody's asking for a, uh, a Akira. Live action movie. Well, but somebody and they some, still keep trying to do that. You right. see, you see that it may and they may have a writer uh, now yeah, again. I saw that again. Yeah. Well, and oh. it's like you know, I have my my current fan theory is that the new Star Trek movie makes the it's a trilogy, which is the story of how Jim Kirk became Jim Kirk, but it has not been a well thought out story. You mean Jim Kirk begins? Jim Kirk begins, and and it's a 50th anniversary, so it all fits together, right? But whatever. But. Um, what we essentially got was the origin story that we didn't need, right? Or want? Um, but it's it's. But again, we come back to that. We do it for every new generation. Right? Mm. That's how it's done. We are. We're, well, you know, we're gonna get another King Arthur movie where we get to find out what it was like when he was a small child, and how he he and Merlin met his boys <sighs> at the market, and one day he knew that he would Except become he king. Well, I know he didn't. But that's the CW version of King Arthur. Well, of course it is. But that's just the, that's just it. It's like. So we don't need the backstory, right? We did. We didn't need. Well, we don't need Gotham, for example. <laughs> okay, nobody, nobody was crying out for what was Bruce Wayne's life like as a child. Well, because we're not getting that anyway. No, we're not. But but we've seen that. We've seen it in the comic books. We know we what is. We didn't need. Like we didn't need a TV show. We no, didn't need, we, didn't we didn't need, need the TV show. You know, Thirteen or twenty-four or how well, many episodes? And and really though, the problem with Gotham, as I see it, is that one problem. The problem? The problem. Okay. Because all of the other problems are connected to this right. one underlying problem. Bold boiling it down to one's It is... It is... James Gordon as Batman. They're telling a Batman story right. with James Gordon as the surrogate for Batman. Except that, would you are? Wouldn't you say that he's not even the surrogate for Batman? He's he's a surrogate. He, he no, he's close. He's closer to Jason Todd back from the dead. He doesn't have a moral compass. Well, I mean, he's, this is somebody. This is somebody who has actively killed people. Yeah, but in terms of in terms of the role he plays, not necessarily the motivations, but just no, this is, this the, is, the this position is, of the character. The, I, well, the I think, character I think, that's I think there. he's the Jason Todd come back to show Gotham how show Batman how Gotham should be defended. You think the hyper violent? You know, yeah. Because um, I wouldn't even say he's Batman at this point. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying, but he's not in the role of the uh, "I'm not going to kill." Right. I'm gonna, and of course, you know, in the in in the in the Snyderverse, the murderverse, um, 
that's you know we don't it's not required well, that Batman and, and it's not not, not, not necessarily that Jim Gordon is he has a Batman type of character which is yeah but, but he's sitting in that role he's he's sitting in that role because you have all of Batman's surrounding rogues gallery is now, now all Jim's Jim uh, is now Jim 10, Gordon's 20 years role. older than I know it's a it's a kill it kill it did with you, a fire but do you see uh, I think it was the Mary Sue um, was talking about you know Maggie Geha coming in and playing the new Poison Ivy. Mm. It's creepy because, and here's why they say it is. Remember that Poison Ivy is one of those that likes to wants to seduce. Batman, sure. Right? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got um, Ivy Pepper, as she's known in this in in this continuity, mm. and she's fourteen, fifteen years old, right, right, mm-hmm. and something happens to her at Indian Hill. And her mm-hmm. body is aged up mm-hmm. to 19-ish. Sure. Okay? Mentally, she's still 14, 15 years old. Remember uh-huh. that, yeah. all right? Physically, she's 19. And she's being played by a 28-year-old. All right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Are right. you seeing where I'm going with I, this? I know where you're going. Because David Mamouz is 15. Mm-hmm. And if you get any kind mm-hmm. of scene where Poison Ivy does what Poison Ivy does, that's going to be creepy as I'll get out. There is a there is a moment, there's more than one moment, in, in the season finale of Winona Earp. Uh-huh. Review coming soon, I swear to God. Um, and people are reading those. I know, and I'm, yeah. I'm very gratified. Thank you, guys. Yes. Um, there's a moment where you realize that one of the characters has essentially, as a child, was essentially seduced by a hundred-year-old demon. Demon. And you sit there and go, "Yo, that is." And then you real, then you have a more, even more horrible moment when you realize he's in love with the child. With the child. Oh my! And it becomes this thing, and you're like going, mm-hmm. and and part of you is going, "Okay, story, got it. Okay, it, it all works." Right. And, and if you're a parent. Yeah. You're going, oh God, <laughs> oh God, no, 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 don't do that. But it's 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 a in terms of the in terms of the storytelling, right. it's, it's it's really cool. But it's yeah, it's it's the, it's the ew. yeah the ick factor. Yeah, the ick factor. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <sighs> so fan theories are cool. Fan theories are cool. We love fan theories. We love fan theories. You probably have some favorite mm. fan theories that you would like to share with we us. We did not so cover you... anywhere near. We just we sort no, of we sort uh, of scraped the, the surface here. Yeah. So uh, we do have an email address, h2o at sci You can share with us your favorite fan theories. Or if you have a theory of your own oh, yeah. related to any, any story universe, uh, yes, share that with us, um, uh, h2o at sci Or you can catch us on all the social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, Tumblr, and Twitch. Twitch. I know. Talk about an <laughs> ick factor. <laughs> the Internet is a scary place. It's where the monsters are. All right. In the meantime, we are going to go make up more lies about people and be back for episode 121 next week. Um, In the meantime, also, you can catch all of our other podcasts. Either go on to podcast.com or go to iTunes. And if you do listen to us on iTunes, please rate and share so that we know that we're actually getting traffic over there because it's the only way we know. And uh, uh, be looking for... A new Echo Chamber coming soon. A new Sci-Fi for Chicks coming soon. The one on Earp recaps. Uh, Penny uh, Dreadful recaps. Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Which is going to be a two-parter. Uh, we we, we watched, actually watched two shows this week. Right. So we're going to have Preacher, and we're going to have a bonus feature about Dead of Summer. Dead of Summer, where which we, we, are, we are also having written reviews of. Yes, but Dustin and I sat down, and, and because Dustin and I are the right age, to sit there and go, oh, a TV show set in the 80s? Oh, okay. really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got recaps of Outlander, Beating the Beast. Uh, what other shows are going on right now? Last Ship. We're getting ready to come back with the, sci- the sci-fi season. Yes, Killjoys, Dead, uh, uh, Dead, Dark Matter. Right. Um, Twelve Monkeys just wrapped up. Mm-hmm. We've got... What's uh, Evil Dead coming back? You know, that's a good question. We need to check on that. Yeah, yeah Ash versus Evil Dead is coming back. We got Bates Motel, American Horror Story. I mean, there's all you know. Of course, the fall season is is just around the corner, right? Because we're and we're also so. going to start swinging back in through the the Dead series, the Fear and yeah, Fear and, the Walking Dead, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. So all of that is out there. I mean, we've got tons of content for you to consume when you're not listening to this show. In the meantime, of course, we do ask that you share this show. Please, uh, and right. let us know what you think. And uh, if you've got a particular topic that you'd like for us to cover. 
We love we love suggestions. Yes. We, there has more been more than one week we sit there and go, what are we talking about? Sometimes we're in the middle of the show <laughs> saying, what are, what we, are talking we talking about? about? <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for listening, folks. We will see you next week. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 